Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, Philippians chapter 3, verse 16. This church is 49 years old. In September the 17th, we will be 50 years old. 50 years since my mom assembled a group of people and started in her living room. Just FYI, the Sunday the 18th, our anniversary is actually on the 17th. This year, it, uh, the next Sunday will be the 18th. We're planning right now on having one service on the 18th. It's going to be a big celebration of our 50th anniversary. Wait, wait, did you hear me? September the 18th. Don't call this week. Okay, wait, now is it one service this week? Okay, now, did you, we're, we're, are we, is the church going back to just one service? Just on September the 18th, we're going to just one Sunday, we're going to have one service. It's going to be from 10 till noon, and it's going to be a great, great time. But just think about this. Think about this. 50 years. That's a lot of Sunday mornings. Fact is, if you don't know how many that is, that's 2,600 Sunday morning sermons. I ought to be getting good at this. I don't know that I am, but good grief. In case you're also wondering, you're not really good at math, that's 2,600 Wednesday night services as well. That is also children's church every week for 50 years. That's also youth group every week for 50 years right here. We've been doing that. Now, we can't even add the number of conferences, the number of seminars, the number of weekly Bible studies that we have going on here on Monday night, on Tuesday night, all of the weekly things that we do. It's mind-boggling. We're talking about tens of thousands of teaching hours that this ministry has done in our church. Not to mention, you add to that, 45 years of having a Christian school, daily Bible classes, weekly chapel services in our Christian school, thousands of students that we've taught biblically how to live over the last 45 years. Not to mention, 37 years we've had Applied Life Leaders Academy, daily Bible classes, daily weekly chapels. I'm worn out just thinking about all of this. Uncountable number of lives that have been powerfully changed, deeply touched by this ministry. Not only that, but now you add the hundreds of thousands that are now listening to us on all the social media avenues. The numbers that research shows that are turning in uh, these huge numbers that are listening to us. At this point, there's no way to even estimate the number that this ministry has touched. Philippians chapter 3, verse 16. We must hold on to the progress that we've already made. When I read that, I said, I got to preach on this verse. We, we've got to see this. Progress are you kidding me? We have seen homes turned around. We've seen marriages turned completely around. We've seen parent-child relationships 
turned around. We've seen people's finances in their business. I mean, just their finances turned around. We're talking about thousands of individuals that are not like they once were. Seeing the Word of God powerfully change their life. If you've never been in May each year, we have graduation here. If you've never been to a graduation service, you're talking about a payday for this ministry as we have our graduates come from Christian Ministries Academy. Students stand right here on this stage and they tell what a great experience they had, how they loved it, the greatest experience, thanking their parents for affording them a Christian education. It's just, it's incredible to hear the testimonies. And then we have the Leaders Academy graduation interns standing right here on this stage, crying as they tell how powerfully their life has been changed and how they thank the staff, how they thank the church for the church's involvement, how they thank their host homes and what those homes have meant to them, thanking teachers, on and on and on. Then, what? Well, some years later, what, what happened since you stood on stage and gave a testimony of how powerfully your life was changed, to now your worldview. What happened? What happened since God so radically changed your life to now? Clearly, we have folks that didn't hold on to their progress. You got to hold on to your progress. You know, over the years, there's no way to count the number of people that have that have come to me after church is over and come up and said, I want to shake your hand. We've been in this church for however long it's been. My whole life has changed. Thank you, thank you. I see people in the grocery store. I see people in the tire shop, in the mechanic shop. I see people around town. Tim, I'm a member of your church. I can't tell you what this church has meant to me. And, and then a few years later, you know, they started missing on Wednesday nights, and then they started missing on Sundays, and then, you know, less and less we saw them, and less and less, and, and a few years go by. And, and then you hear about where their life is, or you read posts that they make, or you see what's going on in their life. And you, what happened since we were the greatest church in the world till now? What, what happened? What happened? You know, it's tragic to see. Many had a good marriage at one time. You know, many started their morning with Bible reading at one time. You know, many spent time daily in prayer. You know, many at one time were faithful in church. And so we ask ourselves, what happened? Well, when I read verse 16, here it is. We don't hold on to the progress that we've made. Now, I'm not sure why I hadn't been teaching on this. When I saw that verse, I thought, you know what? I need to teach on this every six months. Then I thought, you know what? I think I'll close every Sunday morning sermon with this verse. Now, when you leave here today, hold on to what you learned. Then I thought, you know what we'll do? We'll just put it on a poster and we'll, t- we'll say it every day. So I'm a pr- I've gone from preaching this once in my lifetime to once every six months to now every day. Hold on to where you are. Hold on to where you are. I want to tell you today, you've got to hold on to where you are. I'm more motivated right now in my life than I've ever been before. I'm more excited about this ministry. I'm more excited about what this ministry is doing, the direction that we are going. Uh, The Word of God is power. It's not a theory. It's not an idea. It's that it's power. 
The Word of God is dunamos. It's power to change your life. Now, you and I got to hold on. We, we got to get a hold and hold on. And here's what I want you to know. It's always going to be easier to let go of the rope than it is to hold on to the rope. It's always easier. As I got into this, you know, the Bible's got a whole lot to say about this. A, a whole lot, as a matter of fact. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. So Christ has truly set us free. Now, make sure that you stay free. Why does, why does Galatians say Christ has set you free? Now you make sure and stay free. Why does it tell us that? Because there's a tendency not to stay free. See, there is a tendency to go right back into the drugs that you were delivered from. There's a tendency to go right back into the depression, right back into... See, we get turned around. We get set free, and now we got our health, and we got friends, and we're, we're over our depression, and we're over all this mess that we were wallowing in. Now I got life pretty good. You can't forget the hell that you lived in. You can't forget that. You got to stay free. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing. You know, it's not in the battle, it's after the battle. In the battle, we're on our face before God. Nobody falls apart in the middle of a battle. You're begging God. You're praying. You're seeking God. When you're in the middle of a battle, folks are wanting counseling. They're wanting prayer. They're wanting to read a book. I mean, they're, they're all after God. But it's after God sets you free and life gets kind of easy and you're rocking along. The 1 Thessalonians 3.8, stand firm in the Lord. Why does Thessalonians tell us to stand firm? Because God knows it's easy to fall apart. It's easy. Why does Philippians 3.16 tell us to hold on to our progress? Because it is in our fleshly, carnal nature as a dog returns to its vomit. See, it's in our fleshly, carnal nature to go back to the lifestyle that God set us free from. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. Whew. Whew. That's serious. That's serious, church. To reject the command we were given to live a holy life? We can't let go. We can't go back. When I read Philippians chapter 3 verse 16, it says, hold on. I have to know. You and I have to know we got to live every single day of our life knowing it's going to be easier to let go than it will be to hold on. If it were duh, I'd never go back. Uh, of course, that's stupid. I'd never go back. See, if that was a no-brainer, the Bible wouldn't tell us over and over and over and over again. You're going to have to hold on. You're going to have to hold on because it's just always easier to let go and go back. It's not easy. That's why the Bible encourages us. You got to hold on. Today, for many of us, some of us in here have come a long way from where we used to be. I mean, there was a time you were lost. I'm talking about lost. There's a time you were directionless. 
a time in your life you were confused. You know, don't forget the hell you once lived in. Don't forget that. Don't forget what God has done in your life. And so many forget what God had done in your life. And now you're saying what? You're posting what? You're doing. Did you forget what God has done? Come on, raise your hand if you say, Tim, you wouldn't even recognize me if you knew me back then. I'm at God. Whoa, Lord, thank you today. God, thank you today. Thank you today. God has, uh, you can't even believe where God has brought me. Well, the title of today's sermon is in Hold On to Your Progress. You're going to have to hold on. You watch it. We've seen it for 50 years of this church's existence. It's always happened. It's just a natural course of event because it's an attack of the enemy to derail God's people. What, what happened? What happened? Well, the Bible says, take heed if you stand. Let, take heed if you stand lest you fall. You were running so well. Who bewitched you? I mean, scripture after scripture after scripture. I live constantly aware that in 30 minutes, I can blow what it's took me 20 years to gain. I live aware of that. I, I live aware of in 30 minutes, you can blow what you worked on for 10 years. Turn to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I want you to see this. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. It's over in the new part. Paul had left the church in Galatia, and later he writes back after hearing reports of people's lives. Now, these were people that turned on to the Lord in church, and he writes back after hearing reports of their life. And in verse 6, he said, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God. You are, verse 6, you are following a different way. You're following a different worldview. It goes on, verse 6, you are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth. Church, don't you let anybody deliberately twist the truth and fool you. Today, we're going to have to get mad at the devil. We're going to have to get mad at the devil. We're going to have to see his tactics. We're going to have to get tough. You're not getting me, devil. I'm holding on. You're not getting me. I'm holding on to what God has done in my life. Church, I'm telling you, I've worked hard I've worked long and hard, and I've denied myself to build a savings account so that I could live with no financial pressure. Now, I've worked long and hard to do that, to in 30 minutes go out here and make a decision that, are you getting this? That now I'm 30 years in debt, I'll never dig out of this mess I've created. See, I've worked too hard to get where I am to just go out here and do what? He did what? She said, what? We got to hold on to our progress. I worked too hard on my marriage. I'm just telling you. I worked too hard in my marriage to in one moment, I'm mad 
cussing, screaming, throwing things, threatening. I'm getting divorced. I hate, I hate your guts. I'm sick of the, the day I married you. I'm slamming the door. 30 minutes later, I'm sorry. Well, you put, you'd already said a bunch of stuff you don't never reel back. See, you, you've caused hurt and wound. And Look, I've worked too hard to get my marriage where it is now to just fly off the handle. Are you hearing this today? I'm going to hold on to my progress. I've worked hard at my relationship in this church for years. I've worked hard at my relationship in this church to in one moment, one decision, one offense, one getting mad, I'm sick of Josh. He, I can't believe what he said. I'm out of here. I, I worked too hard to get myself to this place in this church to jump up and fly the coop. Come on, I worked too hard. I worked too hard. Come on, we're going to have to hold on to our progress. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I want you to look at this. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that you're turning away so soon from God. You're following now a different way. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth. As a church, we're going to have to see this. We're going to have to recognize this. And we're going to have to make sure it doesn't happen to me. See, we always want to preach a sermon, and I know who, well, I know who he's talking about. I know my, my neighbor needs to hear church. I'm talking about me. This message is to me and me making sure that the devil don't get me. See, I've got to hold on to my progress. I'm not sure what you're going to do, but here's what I'm telling you. I've got to hold on to my progress. See, we are fighting for our spiritual life because we got a devil that hates us. We got a devil that don't like seeing you live in peace. We got a devil that don't like seeing you having a great life. We got a devil that don't like seeing you having a fun marriage. We got a devil, are you getting this? Devil don't like this. The devil don't like this and he's after you. Okay, okay, Tim, I got it, I got it, I got it. How do I hold on? How do I do that? How do I do that? Well, we talk about this verse a whole lot, but this is the key to your whole life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's it in a nutshell for your whole life. You ha you're going to have bad thoughts. You're going to have negative thoughts. You're going to have all kinds of really bad thoughts. You have to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That thought's just not biblical. That thought is just not godly. That thought is not what the Bible says to think. See, you think a thought about someone. That's not a good thought. That's not a right. You think a thought about some place. Hold on, that's not a good thought. You think a thought about your job, about your boss, about your spouse. That thought takes root. If you don't grab it and throw it out, it's going to take root. And then you think about it. And you think about it. And it takes root. And you start building a case in your mind against your spouse or against your boss. Or, are you hearing? You, you start building a case. You start building a case. And then immediately you go find somebody that agrees with you. 
And if I find somebody that agrees with me, then it bolsters. See, then it gives me confidence. See, it gives me strength because me too. Me too. Okay, now I got a groundswell that I can draw from from those around me. Philippians 4, 8. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable, what is right, what is admirable, what is lovely. And I'll immediately identify this thought. This ain't, ain't admirable. That ain't good. That's not a good thought. I mean, see, this is not a good thought. This thought comes in my head. If I think that thought, I'm not going to have a good relationship with my wife. So I've got to take that captive. I can't think that thought and think that thought and then build a case against your husband, against your wife, or against your boss. See, you start thinking that thought and you don't take it captive. That thing takes root and 100% of the time, then it generates another bad thought. Then it generates another bad thought and you have built a case in your mind quickly against somebody or something and here you go. You gotta take that thought captive. You have to take it captive to the obedience of Christ. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. 26, dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there's no longer any sacrifice that'll cover those sins. Whoa. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and raging fire that will consume his enemies. This is serious. We got to hold on. We've got to hold on to our progress. We can't allow a case to be built in our mind and then get us some people around us to justify our wrong, our unpure, our not admirable. We, we can't let that happen. How does this happen? How does this happen? You read Romans. And I want everybody to read Romans chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8. That's your assignment this week. Romans chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8. Paul explains this. We're born in sin. We have a sinful nature that we inherited from Adam. We're born lost in sin. Then we come to a place where we are born again. We've asked Jesus into our heart. And now a new spirit, the spirit of Christ, lives inside us. The things of God are in alive in you. But chapter 8, here's what I want you to know in Romans. You still have the old, sinful, carnal nature lurking around inside you. It is still there. So one time you get saved, but daily you choose to follow Christ. See, daily you choose to think his thoughts. Except for me, it's not daily, it's every hour. Hourly, I've got to, okay, don't think that thought. I'm going to think this thought. Hourly, I'm not going to think that about that person. I'm going to think this about that person. Here we go. See, every, yes, I accepted Jesus years ago, but I've got to choose every hour to take up my cross, to take that thought captive. Every hour I've got to follow him or you let your mind go somewhere it don't need to go. As Christians, as Christians, you're going to follow that sinful nature are you going to follow the nature of Jesus that's inside you? Paul goes on then in chapter 12 and tells us 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. We're, we're all aware of the direction of our country. And you see the behavior of this world. Are, are you kidding me? We're in a day and time where our kids can't watch a Disney movie. Really? Really? I just want you to know, I'm calling Disney out today. What you're doing to the lives of our young people is wrong. It's wrong. We've trusted you and we've raised our kids in your movies and your characters. And it's been fun and it's made life wonderful for so many parents over so many years. But Disney, you're wrong in the direction you're going. That's not right. We see Walmart. We see Target. We see Starbucks, our three favorite worldwide chains, promoting Gay Pride Month. We see the President of the United States supporting what God says he hates. You know, I just, I'm, I'm turning everything off. I'm just going to watch sports. That's all I'm going to watch. That's just all I'm going to watch. So I stand up in a commercial to get some chip and dip, and we've got on a TV commercial in my sports channel two guys kissing. So, here's where we are. A thought comes to you, clearly, my church is out of touch. Pastor Tim, you got to understand you're out of touch with the way the world is going. You're going to have to accept the at Walmart, Target, Starbucks, our president, Disney, and you stand up there and act like you're smarter than these people. See, you're going to have our school is just behind the times. I'm telling you, my pastor, he's clueless to where this is. Church, this is the behavior of the world that Romans chapter 12 says don't copy. That's exactly why Romans chapter 12 writes what it says, don't copy this. Clear, clearly. Tim, why don't you see the way the culture is going? It's real simple. Romans chapter 8. The way the culture is going leads to death. The way the Bible tells us to lead leads to life and peace. That's real clear. That's real clear. We're in the business of trying to educate young people. We're training young people. We're leading the thinking of young people. I'm standing up behind the podium trying to lead the thinking of people. And I've got two ways. This way leads to death and destruction. This way will lead you to life and peace. Life and peace. So I don't care who is against it. I don't care who is for it. I'm telling you, this way will kill you. You'll never have life. You'll never have peace. You'll never have joy. You'll never have rest. You'll never have abundance. You'll never live blessed. Your life will turn to hell. But if you'll follow the things of the Spirit, you can live in life and peace. I'm telling you, we're not copying the behavior of the world in this church. Behind my house is a rodeo arena, and we rope. We rope in that arena, and we practice roping. It's been so hot, we hadn't been able to practice. So yesterday morning at 6 a.m., I was on my horse. That means we started saddling at 5.15. That's a little extreme. I thought so myself. But at any rate, I was on a horse at 6 a.m. roping yesterday morning. 
You know, out there in that arena, we visit, we laugh, we play, we have fun, we smack talk each other, and you know, it's just a big time. But it's not very long, I miss. So then, not very long, we're laughing and talking and kidding on, and then I miss again. And then, then, I can't remember when I caught. It just, and I've been doing this a long time. And you come out of that box and swing the rope, and you rope yourself sitting on the horse. Are you got to be kidding me? I got, I'm all tangled up in the rope. I got it around my neck. I got it around my leg. I've roped my horse. A cow's down there laughing at me. I mean, you, uh, good grief. What's happened here? Then I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm lost. I, I'm aimless. See, and the harder I try, the worser and worser I get. So I back in the box, and Darren's there with his hand on the chute to open it, and I nod my head, and he don't open it. And he looks up and goes, you're going to have to get mad. You're going to have to get mad. I've been thinking a lot about that. Well, well, hold on. The Bible says we're not supposed to be mad. We're not supposed to walk in anger. Okay, wait just a minute. Let's just digress just a minute. The Bible said God was angry. Now, we know God don't sin. The Bible teaches us there's a righteous anger. There is a righteous anger that we walk in. And it's past time the church get mad at the devil. We've had enough of this. We're mad at you now. You're not stealing our kids. You're not, you're not, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not doing this. You know, I'm backing out. Quit this laughing. Quit playing around. Quit clowning around. Quit it. And see, we've been laughing and playing and clowning around. First thing you know, everything's gone to pot for me. You're going to have to quit clowning around here. And you're going to have to quit laughing. And you're going to have to quit teasing. And you're going to have to quit rolling your eyes. Well, that was a mess. <laughs> I wrote myself last time. <laughs> you're going to have to stop all that. And you're going to have to get mad and say, I'm fixing to rope this next one when I come out of this box. See, there's an attitude that as Christians, you and I are going to have to roll up our sleeves and say, not in my home. Nope, not here in our church. Nope, not here. Not here, devil. You've come to the wrong place. We're not laughing. We're not tee-hee-heeing. We're not playing around. Oh, well, these are crazy times. Can you believe the way the world is going? My Not here. Fun and games are over for us. Devil, you're not winning. You're not winning. You're not winning in our kids. You're not winning in our life. You're not winning in my finances. You're not winning in our marriages. You're not winning in our homes. You are not winning. See, I'm tired of people getting twisted off and derailed and getting sucked out. This is a church that's going to hold on to our progress. I've worked my whole life to get my life to the place where I am in my relationship with the Lord and devil. You're not getting me. I'm holding on. Y'all stand. Come on, everybody in here. I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad about it. Devil, in the name of Jesus. Devil, take your hands off our kids. Devil, in the name of Jesus. You take your hands off of my loved ones. Devil, in the name of Jesus. Come on, some of you got kids. You've got grandkids. We're not laughing and rolling our eyes. Devil, you're not winning. Devil, you're not winning. Come on, call out the names of your loved ones. Devil, you're not winning. You're not, you're not derailing my finances. 
all these economic reports and all of this mess that our nation's in. I hate it for our nation, but I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out and whatever I put my hand to prospers. Devil, you're not winning in my finances. You're not winning in my home. You're not winning in my family. Come on, devil, you're not winning in my health. I'm walking strong. I'm walking healthy. I'm walking blessed. Come on, let's stand strong. Devil, you're not winning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Matthew 18, 19 says, whatever we loose in heaven, whatever we bind on this earth. Come on, right now, let's take the authority that he's given us. Devil, you're not winning in my business. You're not winning. You're not winning. I've read the end of the story. The church wins. You lose. I'm standing on the word today, and we're holding on to our progress. We are holding on to our progress. Come on. I'm holding on. Say it with me. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. Come on, church. Say it. I'm holding on to what God has done in my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You hold on this week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.